Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Okay. Good morning, church. I am Pastor John Kenzie. It is a joy to be your guest pastor today. Um, Filling in for Pastor Chris. I'm so sorry that he has COVID, but we'll be praying for him, won't we? I I understand that he's feeling better today, and uh, hopefully he will be back on his feet in a few days. Um, I am a, you don't know me, so I'll give you a brief introduction. I live in Salina, Texas. Um, My wife, Patty, and I have been married for 31 years uh, on October 3rd, coming up here. And we have two boys, uh, Austin, who's 28 and married to Maddie, and Jacob, who's 25. So we're very proud of our boys. Um, and what else? Uh, after 25 or so years in telecom and IT, I got the calling into ministry. And I left my job in uh, at Verizon or uh, Verso, where I was working last, and um, decided to go into ministry and was appointed to the, in the Methodist Church in 2010 and I've been serving since. Right now, since joining the Global Methodist Church, I'm kind of pursuing other ministries. I'm in, I don't have a church of my own, so I'm really excited to be here to be able to preach with you because I don't get to do that as much as I used to. Um, I'm, I run a ministry called 611 Academy, which is a, uh, based on Ephesians 611, put on the whole armor of God. And in that ministry, we teach people to embrace, to understand their spiritual gifts and learn how to live those spiritual gifts out, whether they're Uh, how to be a software developer for God, how to be a better lawyer for God, a better doctor for God, a better teacher for God. Whatever they do in your career, we want to help people realize that they have a spiritual gift, are called to use that spiritual gift to build up the kingdom every day. So that's what, uh, it's a one-on-one ministry. We do a lot of personal coaching with people to help them understand that gift. Um, And it's definitely a blessing. Um, I want to share a message to you to, with you today about spiritual peace. Something I think everybody needs these days. The world is a little crazy. Amen? Okay. People are, people are worried about all kinds of things. we got a whole generation that is wrapped up and in, 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 embroiled in anxieties about life, the universe, and everything. Uh, and we just need to find the peace of Christ. And we need to be better suited, better equipped, and more focused again on helping people find that peace in Christ. So we turn to our message today. Would you uh, join me briefly in a prayer? Lord, as we come to the reading of your word and the sharing of our message today, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be faithful and pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. That helps me slow down a little bit. (laughs) I'm a I don't get. To, I haven't preached for a while, so I'm a little nervous, a little anxious. So if I go a little fast, please forgive me. Um, it's. Uh, I want to. I want to start off today by telling you about a person's journey, of dealing with disquiet and disturbance in life. Um, Chris Cahill was a young man. I met him growing up in the Midwest. Um, he was uh, my, the younger brother of my best friend, and Chris and I would. He was, I think he was in middle school at the time, maybe fifth, fifth or sixth grade. 
and um, we would we found out that we both had a love for poetry, and so we would hang out and talk about poetry together. But we connected on this, and um, then you know we we gr I graduated and my friend graduated. We went on to high to college, and of course I didn't see Chris for years and years after that. But I came to know his story. Um, right when I went to college. Uh, their father, Chris and Greg's father, died in a terrible car accident. And Chris, and being the youngest of four in his family, was alone with his mom. His mom was very distraught. She had some cousins who lived in Arizona and wanted to be close to family. She picked up and, and took Chris, and they moved to Arizona when he was in middle school. And if you've known anyone who's been moved from schools in the middle of middle school or high school, it's devastating, right? It's a really hard thing to do. He was struggling through all this and trying to find out who, you know, how to deal with all this, the loss of his father, the change in his atmosphere, and who was he going to be when he grew up? Well, he found a love in soccer. He really loved to play soccer. He was a goalie, really good. And so when he graduated high school, he got recruited to a college in Southern California to go play soccer there. So he went off to college, and he just loved it. He loved being. He loved California. He loved the beach, um, the beach life. And you got to picture this sandy-headed kid from the Midwest goes down to Arizona, grows up there, moves off to California, be, be, lives the California surf life, beach life, right? And he's searching for himself. He's like, "This is this should be great. I'm going to be on the beach in California. Where could be where could life be better? Texas." Um, Anyway, he, um, he's chasing this dream of becoming a soccer star. And he really is just loving soccer. He figured out, though, that he didn't love college all that much. So he dropped out of college, but kept pursuing the soccer dream. He wanted to be a soccer star. He wanted to be big in soccer. And he played on some teams, but he just didn't quite break through. And it, after a while, he found himself bankrupt. Broke, waiting tables, played soccer for an amateur league, and he decided he, he, he just didn't know what to do with his life at this point. He was at the end of his rope. He was out of things. But one of his friends came to him and said, hey, I got an opportunity. We're go I'm going to go up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming this winter and be a ski instructor. Do you want to go with me? He's like, well, I got nothing going here. Sure, let's go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So he picks up, moves to Jackson Hole, teaches ski all winter long, has a great time with his friend. At the end of the ski season, the owner of the ski lodge comes to him and says, hey, when we're not skiing, I got our dude ranch. You guys want to stay on and work on my dude ranch? Well, I got nothing else going, so why not? So he stays on at this dude ranch. He learns to hunt. He learns to shoot. He learns to take people at hunting parties. He takes them out and hunting, you know, this big game elk in the, mountain, uh, in the mountains of Wyoming and um, gets involved in rodeo. He's a far cry from soccer, right? This is a very different life. He gets involved in rodeo, starts bull riding. Crazy, right? This sandy-headed, spiky-haired kid from the Midwest, gone to California to be a beach bum, now has a beard, a Stetson, cowboy boots, wears a gun on his hip, and he's out riding the range on his mountain saddle in, West, in Wyoming. And he's like, this is not where I envisioned my life going. This is not what I thought my life would be. And he, he's struggling with, what am I doing here? 
and his heart is torn. He doesn't know what's going on. And something tells him to go sit by a lake and skip some stones and just try to find some peace. So he does. Now, one of the other things that Chris did, because I didn't know this till I saw him years and years later, um, because his love for poetry never died. And he would sit around the campfire with the other cowboys on the dude ranch, and they would have poetry competitions, writing cowboy poetry. Have you heard about cowboy poetry? So <laughs> they would have competitions sharing these poems. And this poem came up that he wrote, um, about his, which is really about his whole journey and finding that moment when his soul was opened. The title of the poem, perhaps ironically, is Skipping Stones, My Soul and I. I think I know where I must be. On the shore, down by the sea, going off to California. And so, miles away a dream I weave, then smiling down to the sea I leave. Now here, I, there I am, feet in the sand, but I dream of a far distant land. Knowing that I am not yet home, I close my eyes so my mind may roam. Inside my head, I become a millionaire. Soccer star. Not yet home, still not quite there. There is no smile upon my face. I hope only to be in another place. So leaving my mind, I beckon my soul. I ask it where it wants to go. First it begs, then cries and moans to a lake where we may skip some stones. So there we are, my soul and I, just skipping stones to pacify. But then again, I ask my mind, is this the place I search to find? It screams and says, I do not know. Then I cry, not knowing to stay or go. From my mind, it is only pain I receive. But my soul says, be and believe. Thinking then knowing my soul is right. I dismiss my mind and smile bright, thinking then knowing I am now home. I sit and smile and skip my stones. Chris had realized that this was his calling to, to live this cowboy life, that he had never been happier, never more at peace than where he had found himself, where God had led him through a series of events that he didn't quite understand. But he came to realize that this was where he was supposed to be. When I first read, um, well, maybe not the first time, but one day I was reading through the Psalms and I came across Psalm 42 and it reminded me of Chris's poem. So I'm going to read, share with you Psalm 42. Should be familiar. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. 
By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony. My foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of this word. Amen. I see deep parallels between this psalm and Chris's poem. There's this disturbance, this life throws junk at us, right? It's, we're going to have hard times. We like to think that when we become Christians that we're, everything's going to be great and we're never going to have any more problems. But that's not the truth. The truth is we, we're human. We live in a crazy world and things are going to happen. But what we realize is that God is our rock, the place where we can turn to, the place we can lay our problems to find peace and hope and comfort. There's this disturbed, downcast sense of a disquieted soul that is searching and searching in both of these. But there's also a message of hope that goes with the frustration, right? I remember how I used to go with a throng and praising your name, and I will praise you again. I will praise you um, I put, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. The psalmist knows he's going to s- praise God. And Chris finally came to realize that God was the one who had been leading him to this place and gave him this peace. We are always walking in God's presence. There's no place we can go where we're out of God's presence. And so we might as well sing his praises. We need to live under God's assurance that he is with us. But we're going to have doubts. And people are going to question us, Oh, especially in the world we live in today, right? We're, we're, what, we're down to below 50% of the people in the country are Christian, claim to be Christian. Where's your God? Where's your God now in all of this? I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. Because I have no doubt where my God is. Change disturbs us. Disasters come, job losses come, life changes happen. Um, We're going to experience death of loved ones. Um, Things are going to be stolen or broken or or just lost. And we can easily allow ourselves to become confused and hurt, but God does not abandon us. And I want to share one other story with you about my friend Kevin. Kevin is, um, Kevin's wife, he had a, wonderful wife um, 13 years ago now she had lung cancer and died of lung cancer she went through a terrible time with the lung cancer and Kevin walked with her throughout the whole time she would cough so hard that her ribs cracked and then she would continue in coughing if you've ever ca- had a cracked rib and laughed or coughed you know how painful that is he went walked with her through this uh, two years of her slow deterioration and death You would think the man would give up hope. You would think he would turn from God. Many would. But he remained faithful. And his wife remained faithful through her entire trial. And today, Kevin has stage 4 prostate cancer. 
Kevin is someone who I am walking with and, and I see him daily. He's in great pain. He was telling me the other day he's got this, the, the radiation has softened his bones and his ribs and it's now irritated the nerves in his ribs where it's like shingles radiating around his chest. And it's if you've know, known anyone who's had shingles, it's a painful disease. And you would think he's, he's at time winces in pain and shaking to try and shake the pain off. But he's also smiling. He's smiling and joking because he says, whether I'm here one more day or one more year, I'm God's. And I'm going to do whatever God has for me today. And if it's to change someone's life or to, to water a seed, I'm going to do it. And if I go tomorrow, I'm going to be in a better place. He has absolute confidence in God's providence in his life. I hope we can all have that kind of confidence. I hope we can all have that confidence that God is going to be with us no matter how bad things get. God has a better place for us. Whether, no matter what's disturbing our lives, disquieting our lives, whether it's you've got problems in your marriage or problems in your relationships or problems with your children or your parents, family, seek counseling, but seek God. Lay it at God's feet. I can't fix this. Only God can fix this. Through God's guidance, I need to put aside what I, my brain keeps thinking about what I should be, a millionaire or a soccer star, and let God lead me to what he has, a better plan that he has laid out for me. Lead me to that goal, Lord. Let me put aside my thoughts about what it should be and learn to see yours. Putting it into God's hands is something we need to do over and over. And this is why God calls us in Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 11, 28, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what a yoke is. It's what you put two oxen together to haul a cart, a little wood brace. Jesus is one of the ox pulling that cart. It's his yoke. He's the lead, the lead ox in that pulling. And when we go with him, our burden is lightened because he's pulling with us. In fact, he's taking on the bigger part of the load for us. That's what this image is. It's when we lay it in Christ, when we trust in his providence and his control, it's going to make it easier. It's going to open our eyes. It's going to give us peace. God is with us in the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. And so if, if you haven't pursued this kind of peace, if you... I, I encourage you to just kind of question, where is God in my life right now? How much am I p trusting in him and his providence and in his guidance and wisdom over my own? And if there's something that you've been trying to hold on to, to try and fix, let it go. Give it over to God. Lay it at the cross and leave it there and see what God does with it. And if you are needing this peace in your life, if, you're, if this is something you've been searching for, then I encourage you, friends, just... Bring it. Bring it to the cross. Lay it at God's feet. And see what he does with it. It may not get better immediately. Because sometimes there's God's timing in things. And God will bring about the events that bring about the better place. Yeah, you may need to go to the beach first. 
you may need to work in a ski in, a, in the uh, ski lodge for a season before you find the place that you're meant to be. But God will lead you there. And so see what God opens to you. Because when we get into that place where we can live in God's presence, we feel God's presence around us, then we can sit and smile and skip our stones. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.